The following program is a production of the Barroom Network. It is intended for all audiences. Doug Buffoon. This defense sucks. This is moronic. John Buffoon. If your best run plays are coming off end arounds, there's a problem. Doug was behind the microphone first. He never held back. Very difficult to score when your offense is on the bench. When your defense is out there giving up 70, 80, 70, 64-yard drives. Now, it's his nephew, John. And there's no holding this buffoon back either. The biggest thing that affected Justin Fields was a coaching change. And now he has an offensive coordinator, and he actually will fit a scheme to the quarterback. Something we have not seen in a long time. I've had it! I have had it! I want somebody to get kicked in the ass! When I see Twitter polls and national media and fans weighing in on who is going to have the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft, and I see people commenting, Chicago, and it's not even close, then yeah, you know what? I'm going to get a little defensive. I got my ass whipped many times, but I tell you, I took somebody down with me. I don't think the Bears are a two to three win team. So to answer your question, no. The Bears aren't going to be the worst team in the NFL. It's Buffone 55, the John Buffone Show. goodness that's the last time we have to hear that intro for the entire season because i was just a little bit off on that one hello and welcome to another edition of buffon 55 a fast-paced approach at breaking down the chicago bears i'm john buffon and with me as always is my co-host and producer Alyssa barbieri Alyssa, this is our last preview show of the season we've entered a new year so we're leaving 2022 behind and hoping big things are on the horizon for 2023. How you doing? I'm doing good. And just for reference, because of that intro and what has happened because of it, I'm going to need you, John, to do one that says the Bears aren't going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> like just, just so we can kind of speak that into existence here. Yeah, whatever the opposite is, I'm I'm just I gotta go with that. So I gotta I gotta just gotta whatever I gotta put a lot of negative energy out, so a lot of positive energy comes back. That's how the uh, that's how the balance of the universe seems to be working out. But man, I, I, and I said I told Aldo at the beginning while this all this was going on, I'm like leave it up there, make me wear that, make me wear that badge if I was wrong, and if they end up you know losing uh, and they're losing and the Texans win, and they get to the number one overall pick, let me eat it. That's fine. I I have no problem being wrong. I've been wrong many times. I, I will. I will not hide behind that, that I was 100% wrong about it. But uh, like we said, this is our final preview show of the season. Uh, and we're getting ready to, I guess, maybe break down the finale with the Vikings. Uh, that's a team full of questions. But you know what? We're not, we're not, I don't even think we're going to do that tonight. So, Alyssa, how's this show working, the finale of the regular season? How, how, how's this breaking down tonight? Since it is our last regular season show, we're not having a guest tonight. And we are going full Bears talk. Uh, we're going to start with the foundation of the show, which is our B55 segment. And that's when I ask John five questions, and his responses must be completed within 55 seconds. The 55 is John's way of paying tribute to the great Doug Buffone, his uncle, his mentor, and a man who played 15 seasons with the Bears and wore number 55. Then we're going to jump right into Buffone's basement where Aldo Gandia will join John and me. And the three of us are going to put a bow on what has been an absolute 
dismal 2022 regular season. So, John, you ready to jump right into B55? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's our last one of the regular season. Uh, we don't need to break down the positions of the Minnesota Vikings. Half the Bears fan, fan base hopes they lose anyway. So let's just jump, jump right back in to, before, uh, to the B55 segment. Last one. Can't hold anything back. Let's go. Here we go. So the Bears didn't show their normal scrappiness against the Lions. After the first quarter, the wheels just fell off and an uninspiring 31-point loss followed. So this was one if, if not the most embarrassing losses of the season. So John, how did you react to the Bears' penultimate performance? Let's get it started. 55 seconds. Well, well, like I've been saying the past months, I'm kind of callous to it all at this point. However, they didn't look like they had any pep in their step. Like, they didn't want to be in Detroit. They didn't want to be in that game. Uh, it's one of the few times this season where it looked like they kind of just gave up. And we've been crediting the coaching staff for the majority of the season that they get these players to play hard. And But it just wasn't there on Sunday. And when you have double-digit losses, I'm sure it's much harder to inspire guys not to just go out there and play hard and try to win, but also to guys that might just be trying to get through the regular season without getting seriously hurt. It was a bad loss, but I think if you use that game to claim, to stake your claim about something about this team, whether it be about the coaching staff or the quarterback or anything else, I, I hope you took a few breaths since Sunday and try to look at this thing holistic holistically. Bad loss, yes, but the fact that this hasn't happened more times this season is maybe a glimmer of positivity that we can scrape from this. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I blame Matt Eberflus for my feelings uh, on Sunday because I think the performance that we saw on Sunday was what I think we expected all season, especially when the injuries started to mount. And, right. you know, we've grown accustomed to seeing, you know, this team just kind of put in all the effort and just kind of work until the end, even when they're getting blown out. And they have fought back on several occasions, too. So, I mean, yeah, it, it was different. It felt like I was watching a different team, uh, even though, you know, they're a bad team. And that's the thing is like what we've seen what Iberflus has done with this team and with, you know, a deficient roster and all these injuries and, you know, that performance, especially when you I think what made it worse is when you look back at how they performed against the Eagles and the Bills, who are two Super Bowl contending teams. The Lions are good, but they're definitely not up to par with the Eagles and the Bills. So it just kind of fell very flat and it just looked like nobody wanted to be there. And I'm not going to I'll be honest, I didn't want to be watching it, especially when we're in the second half and Justin Fields is still in the game as they're getting blown out and everyone else is benching their starters. So, yeah, that that, that wasn't a good look. Um it's just a miserable performance. Definitely the worst by far. Uh, just glad it's over at this point. Yeah, and you're probably going to see a lot more of that this week, too, with all the people, all the guys that are out and knowing that there's really nothing on the line for the players, per se. There's plenty on the line for the franchise when it comes to draft positioning. But uh, for the players, like I said, they might just try and, they might just be trying to get through this game without getting hurt. Yeah, I mean, I think the best thing to come out of this is, you know, Justin Fields isn't going to be playing, which is, you know, gonna we're going to get into our next question here. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are silver linings here, right? You know, it's going to be it's probably going to be uglier than this week when you consider that Nathan Peterman's going to be starting. But, Ooh. I mean, the franchise is safe for now. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's one way of putting it. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> So, John, getting to it, as the Bears were getting crushed against the Lions, Justin Fields was also getting crushed physically. And Coach Matt Eberflus defended having Fields in the game, saying that he needs to get more experience. Now, Fields has been ruled out of the Vikings game with a sprained hip. So, John, in a game that meant nothing and was clearly out of grasp by halftime or in the third quarter, 
Do you think Fields should have been taken out of the game? And are you happy that he's not playing this week? You got 55 seconds. Look, I get trying to get your young quarterback as much experience as possible. You learn NFL game speed through playing NFL games, but there is a certain point where you have to look at risk reward. Justin Fields is your biggest asset on this team. If something happens to him in week 17 or 18 in a season where you're three and 13 and it could potentially affect his offseason training, I don't think that's worth it. The, the kid is taking some big hits and look, I know he would never want to come out of the game. They'd probably have to drag him off the field, but in that situation, you're down 30 what are you going to learn playing with a group of receivers and linemen that you probably won't be playing with next year so I'm also totally fine with him not playing this week as well even if he didn't have the hip injury now maybe you wanted to see him break the rushing record for a quarterback because that would be the one exciting thing that happened in an otherwise putrid season I get that but we are being taught as Bears fans right now to look at the long game so uh, that's always in the back of my mind yeah, no, definitely. I think at this point, you know, if Fields had been playing this week, the one thing that we're all looking towards was him breaking that rushing record potentially. And, you know, it was something to look forward to that and potentially competing for a top, uh, the number one draft pick. So, I mean, but kind of like, like you said, in that game, you know, the defense was, you know, getting him those valuable reps, but there comes a time when those aren't valuable anymore. And that's when you're getting blown out. Mm. And like you said, this, I mean, Fields has been like the entire offense this season and with all of the injuries that have mounted over the several over the weeks, and you saw that the receiver group was kind of dwindling. He had his worst passing game, I think, of his career with the Bears so far. And I mean, it was just getting ugly. And it kind of reminded me at times of the like between the first six weeks of the season when you kind of saw his confidence shook a little bit and you saw him hesitating and not pulling the trigger on some of these throws. Like it, it reminded me of that. And that's when it starts getting bad, right? We don't want to get back into that territory. We want him to be comfortable. You want him to get those valuable on rep or on field reps because there's no substitute for that. But again, once you're getting blown out, get him out of there. Uh, and like you said, I mean, I was already hoping, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like if he was healthy, uh, I would, I would want him to like put him in there, get a run him a little bit, get him the record, get him out. You know what I mean? Or get him those valuable reps when it's, when the game is not out of hand, because mm. I mean, we saw what Justin Jefferson did to the Bears secondary in the last matchup. And now, Oh my gosh, who do they have at this point? I think Kyler Gordon is really the only, you know, I think Kyler Gordon's it because Blackwell's on IR. Jalen Jones has a concussion. I mean, I don't know who, it's going to be back there for the Bears, but it's going to be ugly. So this game could get out of hand quick. So, I mean, I think if he was healthy, that's what I'd want to see. Get him a, a quick couple safe runs mm -hmm. to the outside, get him the record, pull him, and look forward to 2023 because, I mean, <laughs> if – if you put him in that game and something bad happens, though, I mean, even even to risk it for the record, it's just like it feels like the way the season's been going, something bad would happen and you can't risk it. Yeah, I would have been OK with him maybe getting the record and then never having to think about this again, because I don't think I don't think I don't think Bears fans or even the Bears franchise really want him running this much ever again. It worked this year. He was an incredible playmaker. And that's still something that should be a part of his arsenal. He, he should always be a threat to take off and run the ball 50 yards. Uh, but I don't think that they want to run him as much uh, in, in the later years, especially if they get him some actual actual weapons moving forward. So uh, I hope that. This, I, I want this to be taken the right way, but I hope this is the closest he ever gets to that record again, just because we don't want to see him going like that as much uh, in the next, you know, year three, four, five, six, and so on. Yes. Amen to that, because that would also mean that Ryan Poles is 
you know, helping him out by getting him so a, a decent surround or actually a good supporting cast. Let's say that you got the money, you're going to have the draft picks, which is going to lead into our next question. So, John, as we're preparing to wrap up the 2022 regular season, can't believe we only have one game left. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, Bears fans are now turning their complete attention to free agency and the draft. Uh, and if the Bears lose this week and the Texans are able to be a very bad Colts team, the Bears would hold the number one overall draft pick and you're you're are open. I mean, that's gonna yeah. be played everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that, that's I'm already prepared for that. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so John, how much more valuable would having the first overall pick be as opposed to having the number two pick? 55 seconds, go. Well, I talked about how important the number two pick was a couple weeks ago. So let's multiply that a bit because we assumed that the Texans would be all over Bryce Young. But if Bryce Young wasn't theirs to have, all of a sudden, Bryce Young could be for everyone, uh, especially if the Bears have the number one overall pick. Indy, you want to move up? Uh, Vegas, you looking for a replacement for Carr? Atlanta, you need someone to lead the franchise? Or how about you, Seattle, Washington, or Carolina? Now, a guy that was thought to be lost to the Texans all of a sudden could be anyone's next quarterback. Or if the Texans really, really want him, they could trade the second pick to the Bears and then obviously with a number of other picks. And then the Bears could trade that number two overall pick to another quarterback hungry team. The Bears get like eight picks out of this and we just wait for the 30 for 30 to come out. So if somehow the Bears would get the number one overall pick, things get very interesting and very exciting. And I won't feel bad about being wrong at the beginning of the season when I said they wouldn't be the worst team in the NFL. I mean, I think that's like the positive at this point, right? When we're, we're the Bears have lost nine straight, it feels like it's about to be 10, right? Mm. So now it's, I mean, you're expecting a loss and you're rooting for the Texans, right? Because, I mean, it just, it feels crazy because, I mean, I think we, none of us really had them uh, being in contention for anything. I think we thought they would have a top five, top 10 draft pick, you know, but the fact that they're this close to it, I mean, it, it, it's crazy because like you said, the value of that selection and I mean, there's not really like a consensus number one pick or at quarterback. I mean, you can see Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, whoever some mm. of these quarterback needy teams are in love with. I mean, if they love them enough, they're going to give up a King's ransom to move up, especially if they're, you know, not in that top five. And there are a lot of teams obviously looking for a quarterback. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Uh, oh man, I want the number one pick. I just yeah. want to see what happens. And I want to do a post where it's all these different trading, trading back scenarios and all this. Oh man, I want to give it to me. <laughs> you could get a treasure trove of picks, especially there's no better position. Well, I mean, relatively speaking, but if you're going to be in the number one overall pick, have the number one overall pick where there is an all right quarterback class and you don't need one, which means that you don't have to spend that number one overall pick on a quarterback. You can trade that like we, like we were talking about, all these picks you could potentially get from a team that sees, oh man, the Bears don't need a quarterback. They'd be they're open for business for that number one pick. So let's let's throw everything at them to see if they're going to take take the take the trade. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. And uh, I, I forget who tweeted it out today, but it's like the Lovey Smith st might actually get his statue in Chicago <laughs> after all. If he leads the Texans to victory and the Bears lose, they might still put up a statue of Lovey Smith because he gave them the number one number one overall pick is uh, his last gift to Chicago. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. Give it. Come on, lovey. Yeah. Lovey. You love us. You love Chicago. Come on help mm -hmm. us out. 
One more time, Lovey. One more, one more win for us. What do you say? One more win. Uh, so, John, outside of draft position and the Vikings' playoff seating, there aren't many two storylines going into this game. Uh, it's safe to assume that most of the country will not be tur- tuning into Bears Vikings. Although I did see it listed at as like the top billing on Fox, and I think that was before the Fields news. So hopefully no. they change that. Uh, so I'm going to ask you one more time this season, John. What will you be looking for in this game against Minnesota? Good luck trying to fill 55 seconds. Uh, listen, there are so many exciting games with playoff implications coming this weekend that I would be shocked that if you walked into a sports bar anywhere outside of the Chicago area on Sunday and the Bears game isn't relegated to that like 1995 20-inch box TV that they have right outside of the kitchen and it has like wavy lines and you have to smack the top of it like Fonzie to get a better picture, uh, but, but I digress. But what am I looking for? God, please stay healthy. I don't want to see anyone else get hurt in this game. The off the offseason is so close and the injury list is already a mile long just get out of the game healthy there's a possibility that minnesota will have their backups in there isn't a lot of pride to to be taken there by beating their second and third strings if they get out of this game with no injuries i'll be happy i mean i'll take a competitive game as well but once again look when you're a three win team you have to look long term they ain't raising a banner for a week 18 win so please just stay healthy Yeah, that was it. I mean, like you said, even if even when Justin feels not being in this game, you just want everyone to get out of there healthy. And I think the other thing I'm looking for is I I mean, I don't expect them to beat the Vikings, not in the slightest, especially with Peterman in there. But I want to see the complete opposite performance of last week against the Lions. I want to see more effort. I want to see how they respond to a loss like that, because. You know, that was an ass beating. And, you know, you really want to see how these coaches, you know, get that, get this team ready. And there are going to be a lot of new faces, especially in the secondary. It's going to be interesting to see how that shakes up. I would like to see, you know, guys like Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker who are coming off, you know, a rough game against Detroit. You want to see how they respond as well. I mean, but like you said, the most important thing at this point, just get out of it healthy Mm -hmm. and let's move on to 2023. And that hopefully that first round, that number one overall Mm -hmm. draft pick. Well, this is a this is a great test for the coaching staff because how do you inspire anyone to play in this game? Uh, like how, how do you how do you get the guys to say, "Hey, let's go win this one because half of you won't be here next year?" <laughs> like like what? So uh, this is this is uh this is going to be this is a nice challenge for the uh Eberflus coaching staff to see how they actually get these guys up for the game. Yeah, maybe Equinania St. Brown will have something to play for because he just had the he got signed to a contract. Well, maybe he doesn't. He already got one year. He already got paid. There we go. I don't know. Maybe he wants to show, like, hey, yeah, make sure you get me involved. But again, he has Nathan Peterman throwing him, so I'm not really expecting too much. Yeah. So yeah, let's not forget that. <laughs> get out of there, healthy everybody. The big caveat there that uh, Peterman's going to be throwing darts on Sunday. Uh, I think I think that um, he's going to lock us. He's going to guarantee us the number two <laughs> pick. So thank you, Nathan, for your service. What? Why is he here? <laughs> Everyone has a job. Okay. okay, John. So here it is. Our last B55 of the regular season. Man. So much to our dismay, the Bears are going to finish the season as the second or the worst team. Uh, it, sorry, the second worst or the worst team in the NFL. And if you can find the words, how would you describe this Bears season and what you hope to see in the future? This is a tall order, so there's no clock on this one. Good luck. 
So as we get ready to watch the final Bears game of the season, let's take a second to absorb the moment. This is the last time we get to see the Bears play football for about eight months, and and that sucks. Look, I know this season has been bad. We kind of thought it might be that way back in August. Now, did I think they'd only win three games? Obviously not. But once again, I'm wrong about everything, so that should have been a good indication back in the beginning of the season. So what do we take from this mess? Well, We saw other teams, players, and national pundits talking about the Bears quarterback being one of the best playmakers in the league. When's the last time we heard that? Not in my lifetime. And while that may be one of the only bright spots, we can only assume we've learned a bit about the direction of this team. We said goodbye to Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith, and the front office saved more cash moving forward. We learned that they're going to be incredibly active in the offseason. They have so much cap space that it's coming out of their ears, and they could potentially have an incredible amount of draft capital depending on what position they end up at. We said back in August that this team was going to be interesting because there were so many unknowns. I was hoping to be pleasantly surprised a few times, but those moments rarely came, maybe outside of Jack Sanborn. But now, this team in 2023 will be interesting for the very same reason. Only the front office has more resources this time. Listen. Every move they make is going to be under scrutiny, and rightfully so, by the way. They strip this thing down to the bare studs. So if the the house falls down, it's not Ryan Pace's fault or Matt Nagy's fault. You have a lot of cash and a lot of picks, but the cash doesn't spend itself and the draft picks don't make themselves. You are the ones that will need to use them wisely. I've been pretty mild-mannered this year because I was willing to chalk 2022 up as a necessary growing pain for a rebuild. But it's a new year, and it's going to be a new team. I don't think it's fair to expect the Bears to go from three wins this season to 13 wins in 2023. But if we are talking about a three-win team this time next year, I don't think my parting shot is going to be so mild. We'll be back with more Buffon 55 after this. Come on, man. We're going to Baltimore. The Wire is the best show all time and I've never seen such riveting TV where I actually felt like I was in East and West Baltimore every single episode and um, it was just absolutely riveting and captivating from season one all the way to season you know to it finished up and I put your detective up there McConaughey and Woody Harrelson I mean come on it was just so well shot so well written directed like I don't I feel like it's underrated it as far as that list goes really good Ellis Hall, since I came here, has been expanded twice. Both times after we were gone, by the way. So <laughs> we never we never got it. But, I mean, it was tiny. Do, do you think that uh, Olin Krutz would politely ask you to leave the weight room because it was so crowded? <laughs> you, of I, told you what Olin, I told you what Olin used to say to me. I know. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> no, and, and that was at 5 o'clock when there's, you know, there's no players around. Gabriel, <laughs> oh, so- get the f- out of my weight room. <laughs> oh, and I go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I got a commercial. <laughs>
welcome back to Buffone 55, the regular season finale of Buffone 55. So we're just going to jump right into a segment we call Buffone's Basement. That's where me and Alyssa, we walk down the stairs one last time this regular season. We see Aldo Gandia passed out from all those Mr. Pibs he's been drinking. And we say, wake up, old man. We got one more game to talk about. Aldo, how you doing, buddy? You're muted, of course. He's muted. <laughs> Par for the course for this season. Love indeed, it. I'm glad. That I have never in my life had a Mr. Pib. Never. Is that a root beer? Or... I think it's a Dr. Pepper, isn't it? Yeah. Is that what it is? I hate yeah. Dr. Pepper. That's why I probably had no. <gasps> Shut I'm your mouth. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's a Dr. Pepper. I don't know if I've had one either. <laughs> so I, uh, I don't know why that soda just jumped into my head. He's drinking Mr. Pib. I, 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 I guess I should have said, said RC Cola. Then you've had plenty of, plenty of those. I'm sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, Aldo, my friend, it is our regular season finale here on Buffone 55, wrapping up our sixth season, which is kind of incredible when, they, when you think about it. And even more incredible that this season – is over. I, as bad as this season was, I felt like it went pretty quickly. <laughs> I, I mean, as much, as bad as the games have been and the win-loss record, it, this season just flies by. I can't believe we're in January. It just feels like we were doing a preview show back at, you know, in September. But here we are talking about the Bears potentially wrapping up the second overall pick or the first overall pick. And so let's let's take a, a real quick step back although i didn't get to talk to you after the lions game what was your immediate feeling after that lions game because Alyssa and i kind of talked about how we reacted to it how did you see that uh performance because for me it looked like they kind of gave up yeah it certainly did to me it was the worst performance of the season they totally regressed i'm glad there's another football game uh left so that hopefully they can play respectfully i don't expect them to win at all but uh for them not to look as they were a team that quit under head coach and that hits became a flop. Uh, so uh, that was that was a real difficult one to stomach. And I sent out a bunch of tweets on that Sunday that it, it properly expressed my frustration with the team because there were many, so many mistakes that were early in the season mistakes. There were players who just didn't look like they were hustling. Um, it was pathetic, and it was Justin Fields' arguably worst performance of the year. And uh, this is after several weeks of him showing some ascension with his passing prowess. Well, he, he didn't he didn't even pass for eighty yards on a Sunday against the Lions, and that's a team that their pass defense has been pretty weak all season. So it was a very frustrating experience. Maybe they're just getting themselves prepped up for this uh, this game this week, where they're they're going all in on a loss. It seems like, <laughs> or I don't even know if they have to go all in to lose this game. They'd be they'd be heavy underdogs if they were at full strength. So uh, let, let's talk about this. Not necessarily the game, but what could happen out of this if they do lose, and let's say Lovey Smith gives us one more present as uh, to, to the Chicago Bears fan base and wins uh, the Texans win, then the Bears would have the number one pick, but. Let's just say they have the one or the two pick. I'm all about trading down. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm of the that mindset where the Bears need a lot. Uh, I'm not I, like I said before. I don't think they're going to go from three wins to 13 wins next year. They do need a lot of holes filled, and the more draft picks they get, the better. Uh, but there's I understand the argument as well that you want to get a game record at the number one two overall pick, whether it's Anderson or Carter. Uh, what would you do? And although I'll ask you first, and then Alyssa jump in. If you had the one or two pick. Are you definitely trading down if you're if you're the GM in that situation? 
I'm trying to create a bidding war for that pick. And I am uh, letting, I'm, I'm making, the first call I make is to a team and I say, hey, I just got an offer, which isn't true. I just got an <laughs> offer for my pick. What do you, what can you give me for it? And just start that whole train for about 20 teams and try to drive the value of that pick up. Because the issue here is, is that there isn't a player really worthy of that slot from number one or number two, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, they really aren't a breakthrough superstar in the making player. They're not sure things. They look good on tape for the most part. Sometimes they don't look so good, which is what makes them less than a sure thing draft pick. So you definitely want to trade down and it's important for Ryan uh, polls to come up with the strategy that's going to drive the price up and make this a bonanza of draft picks and or players. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like as we're getting closer to the off season, I'm getting more or leaning more towards trading down because I mean, when you look at this team, there's just going to be so many holes. There are so many holes on this roster that need to be filled. And, you know, obviously, you know, love Anderson or Carter, but I mean, there are going to be so many quarterback needy teams and we've seen this. We saw what the 49ers traded to move up to three and, and draft Trey Lance. Right. I mean, you're trying to tell me, especially if the bears get that number one pick that mm-hmm. if a team is sold enough or, or that in love with Bryce young or CJ Stroud, or if they can have their pick right of who they get to choose that they're not going to, I mean, there's, there's, there are teams that are going to do that every time. So, I mean, like I find that very appealing uh, it's kind of, I mean, it's weird to kind of be sitting in a position where they have three losses, sorry, three wins, my God, three wins, um, and have lost nine straight, uh, and that you're kind of feeling optimistic about the future. And I think obviously it starts with having the quarterback, but I mean, the, the draft is going to be fun because it, it's going to be really interesting to see how polls maneuvers, because at least in the first draft, we saw that his tendency is to trade back and acquire additional draft capital. And I don't see why that would change when you're in such a prime position where you could get, you know, uh, you could just get a king's ransom for whoever, uh, whatever quarterback someone wants to move up and get. Yeah, I'm trading that pick, whether it's one or two, uh, all day because there's, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility that if you move down to five or six, that Anderson or Carter isn't going to still be there because you're you're definitely trading it to a team that's taking a quarterback, and then who knows if anyone else is going to jump up to take the second or third quarterback uh, after that. So one of those guys could be still there. After you trade down, now if you trade down to 10 or 11 or whatever, now hopefully you're getting overly compensated for dropping out of the top 10, where if you drop out of the top 10, you're getting multiple first round picks and hopefully multiple second or third round picks for that. Uh, but I think that, uh, although you're right, that, that taking them at two, it's not a slam dunk. It's not like you're it's not like you're getting one of those guys where it's just like, well, outside of quarterbacks, that guy's a slam dunk. He's he is absolutely going to be a, a game wrecker on defense where it's like you have to take him. You know he's the best player in the draft, but he might fall behind a quarterback because there's such a priority put on quarterbacks. We've seen that a couple times. But uh, I, I'm tra- whether it's one or two, I just feel like you got you got to trade you got to trade it because you're trying to fill as many gaps as possible. You have tons of cap space but you have tons of holes as well so it how whatever whatever you don't address in free agency uh, i feel like you you gotta go after uh in the draft and maybe it's not even you have a position list in there it's just like who's the best player available because let me present this question if they if they draft any position outside of maybe quarterback or okay quarterback uh, if they draft any position other than that 
would you be devastated outside of, you know, let's not get cute and say kicker or punter, but like, let's, if they draft any, uh, any position outside of quarterback where you're like, Oh, they didn't need that. Could, is it possible? Go ahead, Alyssa. I mean, no, because there's so many holes on this team that, I mean, like you said, outside of quarterback or kicker, punter, long snap or whatever, obviously you're not going to be doing that. But I mean, there's so many holes on this team that need to be filled. And, you know, it does make sense, you know, seeing, I saw one of the comments down there, it's a good point that, you know, you can see polls trading back, especially because this draft maybe isn't the strongest. Mm -hmm. And there are some players that could still be on the board that are considered top prospects for their position group. So, I mean... I, I mean, I really, I mean, personally, I want to see them obviously address either the offensive line receiver or the defensive line, because those I think are the biggest uh, concerns at this point. But I mean, there's, there's so many needs at this point that, I mean, I'm not going to be disappointed with what direction he goes. Because again, at this point, you have to put your faith in polls because he's re- rebuilding this team the way he wants. And I mean, I think we'll have more clarity after free agency and seeing how he addresses the holes at that point. And then we can really start speculating. Okay. So where are you going to go with this first pick Mm -hmm. that you have? Right. So, but at this point, I don't think I would, I mean, and I'm going to put my faith in polls at this moment and see what he can do. If, if I feel like uh, they're getting bad medical reports regarding Eddie Jackson's rehabilitation, then I wouldn't be too upset if they drafted a defensive back in the first round. If Eddie Jackson is uh, scheduled to come back, I think the Bears defensive backfield could be among the leagues, or let's let's say this, uh, the NFC, uh, one among the NFC's best secondaries. I, I truly believe that. The young guys, you know, Kyler Gordon is just starting to play well. You can see that he is not a wasted draft pick. Jaquan Brisker has had excellent games he's had good games and maybe one or two fair ones and those are the two youngest guys on this team Jalen Johnson is is never going to be a Pro Bowl player but he's going to be very close to that every year and maybe he'll surprise us and start getting the interceptions that will get him into the Pro Bowl at linebacker you know I'd like to think that we can come back with Nicholas Burrow and Jack Sanborn but you know, if they draft a, a linebacker in, in that first round who could really make a difference, I wouldn't be too upset with that. I am praying that they're going to draft a defensive lineman in the first round, and there will be some good ones in the mid to late uh, first round. And then if you get multiple draft picks, you can supplement other areas of the team. The offensive line, that's my second choice for a first-round draft pick. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be upset if they traded down in the first round and picked up the tight end from Notre Dame because I think – him and Cole Komet could create something so special from a pass catching standpoint. It could go back to those days of the New England Patriots when they had their two mighty tight ends uh, before that uh, died off, so to speak. And then uh, the running back position, I don't think that there is a running back worthy of the first round that would come into the Bears. The question, though, is, is John, you said everything but the quarterback but what about the quarterback? Because that's come up a lot recently. Yeah, and I and I think that it was uh, Tony Brown that said it, in the in the chat mentioned that if a team gave the Bears two first round picks and a second for Justin Fields, would you take it and draft a quarterback in this draft? Um, I get the sentiment, I get the idea of it. I'm not just because we've seen that drafting a quarterback in the first round. It's a, it's a what, 50-50 shot most of the time, and the Bears have not shown that they're very good at that. Uh, it's, it shows, and I think that they have something in Justin Fields, and you don't 
trade a proven commodity that's still 23 years old for another lotto ticket and hopefully that guy works out I, I just can't do it because look what happened with the Jets this year they had a killer draft they have a lot of talent on that team the quarterback they drafted number two overall can't play a lick and they're gonna miss the they're gonna miss the playoffs so you can draft everything right and you can have everything right and then if you if you mess up that quarterback position you're gonna be a perennial perennial seven and ten eight and nine team that can't quite get into the playoffs so uh, I, I'm not doing that because I'm not sure that I see any of these quarterbacks uh, coming up in the draft where it's just like that guy is an Andrew Luck or that guy is a Trevor Lawrence or that guy is a you know a, you know whatever one of these you know can't miss prospects coming out I don't necessarily see any of those three quarterbacks as one of those generational talents so I, I'm not going to trade Justin Fields for that well, uh, Hub Arkish came back uh, to work after his uh, medical incident, and it's great to have him back on the airwaves and, and now back at Hallis Hall. He was on WSCR today, and he was asked about Justin Fields. Let me play that clip for you guys to react to. I like a lot of things about him, but the caution that I offered a week or two ago, I'm even more concerned about now. Um, this young man has got a long way to go. And I heard you guys talk a little while ago, and I don't think you said that they've got their quarterback, but this feeling that maybe they do, uh, I'm not sure of that at all. Uh, he's not even an average passer yet. That's uh, controversial as Hub likes to be. Uh, but I will say this, and I'd love to hear you, you two guys discuss this, is how impressed were you with the progress, or was there any progress in his passing game this year? He started off poorly. He Towards the middle of the season, things started to improve. It coincided with the design play runs. But when he started to get hurt, the passing numbers went down and the rushing numbers went down. Sure. So how concerned are you that after the completion of his second NFL season, he isn't play, uh, passing the ball at to a level of a Brock Purdy, say to, so a seventh-round draft pick? What concerns do you guys have? For me, and it's great to hear Hub again. That's a, first and foremost. Good to hear him on there. Uh, Brock Purdy also has Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle, and uh, Shanahan as a head coach. So I, I don't like the apples and oranges thing where it's just like, well, if it works there, why isn't it working here? Two entirely different situations, two entirely different squads, different offensive lines, different weapons all together. So uh, it's it's just that, uh, yeah, there. it's not like he's uh, he's passing for 300 yards every week. But I also think that, you got there's got to be a sliding scale what expectations were darnell mooney went on ir chase claypool has a hard, had a hard time getting up to speed uh equinemius st brown was your number one for a few times Nikhil harry couldn't get on the field for, for a lot of the seasons bayless jones we it's well documented what's wrong with uh what's been going on with him the offensive line a lot of injuries not playing well so i i feel like Listen, if they get it all together next year and he's still having these issues, then yeah, then we can talk about this. But good gosh, how many quarterbacks were going to do really well with what the Bears had this year? What what quarterback were you going to put in Chicago this year and they were going to throw for 4,000 yards? Like, I, 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 I don't see it. Yeah, no, I, I don't like that comparison at all either. I mean, look at what he's been able to do this season with that roster. I mean, it's just unfathomable. It's, it's the reason, like why this season has been so much fun is that he's been able to just be a star despite not having the protection up front, despite not having the receivers. Like you said, John EQ is his number one receiver. He wasn't supposed to be, he's supposed to be a receiver, a wide receiver four. Right. And <laughs> I mean, when you look at 
like the Brock Purdy thing. Well, yeah, like you said, look at that team. If you like, can we like flip it and say, if you put Justin Fields in San Francisco, what does he look like? I bet they wish they I did. Think, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's just unfair because I feel like this is an incomplete season because you really didn't give him a chance. Uh, so, but again, if we get to this point next season and he's, this is still an issue, then that's when it becomes concerning. But you can't just ex- you can't put him out there and not give him the, the talent around him and expect him to go just <laughs> make magic out there. I mean, Brian Bowles knew what he was doing, right? When he came in here and gutted the entire roster. Yeah, he knew what he I was. mean, I think that's why we were so concerned. We were so concerned at the beginning of the season. What you know, what would this do for Fields? And we've seen, right? It's limited the passing game. And I mean, I think he's shown progress as the season has gone on, like Aldo mentioned, uh, as we were getting towards the end of the season until really, you know, last week against the Lions. So, I mean, I'm not concerned yet, but again, once you fix everything around him and this, if if this continues, then we're going to have a problem. And I think that there, and and I'm not saying that Justin Fields is beyond criticism because he's not, I think that he's shown great flashes this year where there's some, questionable decisions or times where he probably should have checked down instead of trying to make something out of nothing. Absolutely. And I think that with another off season to look that over and understand it. And once again, this is his first year in this offense. And uh, you know, Danny Shimon said many a times he's chalking this up as Justin Fields rookie year. And mm-hmm. I, and I kind of understand that because this is a new system, new coaching staff, all new players for the most part. And so I, I I'm once again, my patience is going to run thin eventually. I promise you guys that. But I but it, but I'm going to let it go out. I'm going to let that go out for the rest of the year uh, and, and see how they attack this offseason. Because I I want to believe that Ryan Poles saw this whole thing and said, "Wait till 2023." Because at that point they had they had so much they had so many crappy contracts on the books. They they traded everyone. Like I said, they they tore this down to the studs. And now it's on him. This is you pass or fail is on you now. So we'll 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 see how this goes. Yeah, he, you know, and the thing that is probably most worrisome. And and by the way, uh, John, your closing B fifty five was utterly brilliant. Uh, you really captured what needs to happen in this off season really really well. And so this is really the off season of Ryan Poles. Uh, those mistakes that he had in his rookie season, put those behind you and now go out there and bat a thousand, which is probably never been done for a general manager. But if we want to expedite this and you want to do it in that deliberate, methodical way, uh, those things usually take time. But we, we're all anxious for at least a winning season next season. He's got a hit on that first-round pick and the rest of the first-round picks to at least get second stringers in, on day three, and he's got to hit a couple of huge home runs on, on uh, as soon as free agency starts. He's got to pick up that Deron Payne defensive tackle three-tech from the Washington Commanders. He's got to pick up maybe an offensive lineman that we're going to say, oh, my goodness, and then all of a sudden from ha- having one of the weakest lines of scrimmage in pro football to having one that can compete at a very high level, supplemented, of course, with more free agents and uh, and draft picks. So Ryan Pose, you nailed it, uh, John. Ryan Pose has a hell of an offseason ahead of him. And I think that's what he wanted. I think that he, that's what, what he planned on doing the whole time, the pressure on himself, and he did. Uh, so one guy that's not going to be extended, or one guy that will be around is uh, uh, Brown, who um, it was extended today with $1.25 million a year the year that you're on top of this, right? And like, 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 
Yes. <laughs> uh, so, so how do you feel about you, him coming back? Uh, and, and is he going to be just a three or four next year? Uh, Alyssa, what do you, how do you see this St. Brown signing playing out? Yeah, I mean, I had no problem with it because, I mean, he's someone that was brought in here because he has a really good understanding of the offense and he was brought in to be a depth option. And it's really not his fault that he was thrust into the number, number one receiver role this year because of the injuries and because of everything that's been happening. So, I mean, when you look at his deal, I mean, it's nothing, you know, right? I mean, he got a bit of a, of a pay increase. I mean, but hey, how else are you going to kind of get him to come back? Um, but again, it's not, it's not a too big of a contract. I think it's a good move by them. You need to have some depth there. And when you kind of look at this Bears receiver room, even just currently, obviously, before free agency and the draft, they're going to have Mooney, they have Claypool, they have Valus Jones, and they're going to have St. Brown. So, I mean, you're going to be working with that receiver room, but I expect at best uh, for St. Brown to be a receive the fourth receiver at this point uh, and a really good depth option. So, I mean, I have really no problem with it. I mean, it's a move that I'm surprised that they, uh, they made it a, this quickly, but I mean, I think it shows they really wanted to lock him down because they view him as an important part of this offense, especially too when it comes to the run game, uh, which is the best in the league right now. Yeah, although it looks like St. Brown is – you're hoping that he's a three or four. He's a great blocker, and I think that's probably why they brought him back. Uh, but they got four guys under contract for next year with Mooney, Claypool, uh, Bayless Jones, and St. Brown, which means – do you go out and they, 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 you're going to run out of spots, so you need one or two more guys. You're hoping at least one or two of those guys is a real playmaker, and it's not like, oh, let's extend Nikhil Harry and see what happens there and then get another guy that off the scrap heap and see how they work out. You're hoping this isn't the same uh, wide receiving core that you had this year. Absolutely. They've got to go out. You know, I mean, they usually have 10 wide receivers in camp. So, you know, they're going to acquire six more to bring into camp. And out of that six, you want to have a number that is going to make Equinemius St. Brown's feel like I better step up my game. What I did in 2022 is not going to be sufficient in 2023 because they got some players in this wide receiver room. So stack up on the talent, stack up on the depth, really make this a super hyper competitive camp uh, next summer. And, uh, and in one of the places where that competition should be among the most fierce is that wide receiver room. Any names that for either one of you that jump out and say, let's go get them. I mean, like, like we've talked about before, the free agent pool is awful. Uh, but as far as trading partners, if the, if the bears all of a sudden get a treasure trove of picks and they might have some maneuverability on draft day and maybe a disgruntled Deandre Hopkins is available or Mike Evans, or I'm there. I'm sure there's other ones that are, that are going to be a uh, Devonte Adams could be disgruntled because his buddy uh, Derek Carr won't be in Vegas anymore. Um, is it possible that they go out and uh, they they get one of these guys? Because I think that would be a huge impact for to help the to help Justin Fields and help the offense as a whole. Well, I think we talked about this at a Bear football game with a, a broadcast after a Bears game. We talked about DeAndre Hopkins, and while I'm not excited about bringing in a 30, 31 year old receiver uh, who was suspended for. PEDs, uh, he still is a phenomenal wide receiver and he could definitely help. He would take up a, a share of the salary cap higher than I would like for the team to spend uh, on a re receiver. But perhaps, uh, I don't have the contract in front of me, but if if he could come to the Chicago Bears for two yeast seasons and play at a high level and then we move on with a younger, uh, as talented type of wide receiver, 
And I would be really happy with the acquisition of DeAndre Hopkins. And, and I think it's in Ryan Poles' uh, his he's obligated to pick up a phone and find out what they want for Hopkins, uh, find out what uh, the, the Raiders might want for Devontae Adams. Probably going to be way out of our price range, uh, pre, way out of the model that Poles uh, is building. But nonetheless, he has to make that phone call and then talk among his brain trust about what is the best decision. Should we go after this? Should we make this kind of a splash? How would this hurt us with our original plan? Blah, blah, blah. So um, he's got he's got to do something because, you know, <laughs> we can't go through another year like this with this mm. passing attack. <laughs> what about you, Liz? Oh, please. Not. Um, yeah, no, like Aldo said, I mean, that's a good point. He has to do his homework, at least get, you know, put some feelers out there and see what would it take, you know, right? I mean, why not? You know, DeAndre Hopkins, I, it sounds like Devontae Adams, uh, I think he said that he wanted to play for the Raiders and it wasn't just because of Derek Carr, but I don't know if he's just talking at this point. So I don't know if that's, that's the thing. But I mean, when you look at free agency and there's no true number one option no there, one. I mean, that's the thing that hurts the most then you also look i mean it's kind of going off the point but like with some offensive linemen that have been re-signed i mean like free agency i mean it could be rough this year so i mean there are no top options and we saw during the draft last year uh, a couple of those big trades to get to get that number one wide receiver and that's when you look at the success of these young quarterbacks that have taken the next step the common denominator is that they went out and they got a number one receiver for their quarterback and so that's what ryan Poles needs to do through whatever method that he needs to do it so how about this scenario? If, if let's just say the, the Buccaneers are picking because they're going to, they won the division. So they're going to at least be picking in, you know, past what 18 or whatever. Let's say they have the 19th pick in the draft and the Buccaneers say, we will trade you the 19th pick and Mike Evans for the number two pick. What are you, what are you doing in that situation? What are, what are the de- uh, details on it again? You get the 19th pick and Mike Evans for the number two pick. Oh boy! <laughs> I need another draft pick. Yeah, go ahead, Alyssa. It already sounds like you're better at negotiating than I am. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm going to need again. You're you're coming from like around twenty essentially to move up to two, and if it's a one, forget about it. I mean, I, I mean, I saw a similar um, for one of these mock drafts, a similar trade scenario where the where the Bears traded with the Bengals or where the Bengals traded T Higgins and their number or and their first round draft pick and even more draft picks to move up to number two. And it still didn't seem like enough, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when you're coming up from that far up 1920, wherever the bucks would land, it just feels like you need to add some more compensation in there, but that's a good start. That's a good yeah, start. I, I'm just throwing these things out there because I'm like, what, what good wide receiver could you get as a package for a team to move up while the bears don't have to give up any draft picks other than trading down in the draft. They still keep a first round pick. Uh, They may move down 10, 11, 12 spots, but they also get a game changing wide receiver at the same time. Uh, So I think that, I, I'm just I'm just throwing things out. I'm throwing things against the wall at this point. Well, here's what's interesting is most people in the chat room say don't do that deal. Evans is too old, blah, blah, blah. But then you get this response. I don't know if it was in relation to a, that same topic, but, but uh, Tony Brown asked, how old is John? <laughs> how old is he, John? It's not me. I'm not playing receiver. It's <laughs> Oh, oh. I thought it was, how old is John? <laughs> how old are you? We got to read this a little bit better. <laughs> uh, Mike Evans is 29 years old. Uh, so 29 it, years old? Yeah, yeah. That's, 
that's too old for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. We we all want you know great twenty two year olds with on on rookie deals playing that playing. We all want Justin Jeffersons, but we can't all have them. So eventually, if you want someone good, this is what this is how free agency and some of these trades work. Unless you draft a guy like that, you're gonna eventually overpay for him, whether it's in cash or it's exactly. in draft picks. You gotta over because if you don't home grow your talent, you gotta overpay for it. Mm-hmm. So it's and eventually, unless they're gonna draft a, a wide receiver in the first or second round and it's going to be a, a you know a game changer from day one you're probably going to have to spend some of that cap you have so mm-hmm. uh, it's it, i'm not sure what they're going to do uh i'm not sure how they're going to do it but the, they need something other than mooney claypool Bayless jones and st brown going into next season and, I, and i'm not saying depth i'm saying someone needs to be the one of that group i think mm-hmm. darnell mooney would he be an incredible number two with claypool potentially in the slot a little bit more or i know he doesn't like playing in the slot but you know what just just try it out uh maybe, or if you put him on the outside and mooney in the slot whatever you want to whatever is the best scenario there uh th- then try to find it but i don't think that you can have mooney one claypool two or vice versa i just don't i just don't think you can go into the next season like that yeah i, I agree i and it is outside of Poles' way of thinking uh, regarding wide receivers. I mean, he said he got sticker shock when he saw the price of wide receivers uh, in free agency last season. So he'll he'll uh, he'll probably do it like many people in the, in the chat are saying. He's going to acquire wide receivers primarily through through free agency and try to find that maybe other bargain that will really turn turn out uh, unlike Pringo and unlike EQ and unlike Dante Pettis and unlike. I can go on. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like we're at a repeat for this year. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, didn't didn't Amari Cooper go for like a fifth round pick last year? Because two fifth rounders. Two fifth rounders. So if, if someone like that is old, you know, late twenties, uh, is old, and, and you but you can get the, and they have a relatively big contract, would just trade a fourth and a fifth round pick to bring them in if they're that disgruntled and they want out of there, or the team just can't possibly take on their contract anymore, uh, like. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, which I don't think they're going to deal him, but just because of, you know, well, if they get a new coach, they may want to rebuild and we'll see how that works, but they got it because they owe Kyler Murray, a, Kyler Murray a ton of money as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But if it is DeAndre Hopkins or Mike Evans or T Higgins or anything, what, I, but I keep backtracking. I know this is not great radio, but if you, but if you uh, can go up a fourth or a fifth round pick for someone like that, are you doing that then? And then just taking the salary on it. Yeah, I would uh, because I I am going to trade either the first round pick or the second round pick to add more picks. So if you're asking me if I'm going to trade multiple third round, fourth round, fifth round picks to acquire a wide receiver a la and Amari Cooper, I'm all for that because I still think that the team is going to walk away with seven draft picks or so uh, in this upcoming draft given what we know of Ryan Poles and the fact that on day three, how many picks did he walk away with? Uh, seven picks uh, on day three. So, you know, he 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 can get it done. Uh, he can acquire more draft picks. So that gives me some confidence in him. So uh, let's talk about the current team because we weren't overly yeah. – yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm having so much fun talking about the future. <laughs> we, this class of free agents didn't exactly soar to the expectations that Bears fans would have liked. But out of some of those free agents that uh, Ryan Poles did sign in his first uh, offseason, are there any that come to mind where you say, you got to bring that guy back? 
or that worked out and you got to re-sign them, extend them. Is there anyone on that roster uh, that you would bring back? Cause I, I started looking through some of the contracts and I think Jack Sanborn's under contract. I think he technically has like a three year deal with the bears. So they don't have to like, they don't have to technically re-sign him for me. Uh, Nicholas Morrow was the only one that I could really think of that, to maybe bring back. He knows the system. He leads the team in tackles. He has pretty good sideline to sideline speed. Uh, and I think Iberfus really likes him. And he he was super cheap. I think it was a $3 million deal one year one year with the Bears this year. He's the only one that I could think of. Now, I could there could be more that I could, that you would say, you know what? He earned a spot to come back. Is there, is there anyone else that jumps to mind that some of the free agents uh, that, that they signed this year? I mean... I wouldn't say it's like must, but I would like to see a couple, like I'd like to see Nikhil Harry back to see, like, I want to see what he can actually do really hasn't had a chance. And someone like Josh Blackwell, who was performing very well until he landed on IR. Like, I mean, those are depth options. It's not going to be like you're bringing back starters, but you know, I would, I, I would like to see like guys like that come back for obviously a very friendly price. So, I mean, because like, like you said, I think Morrow's like really the only one at this point. And you look at, I mean, they have a lot of free agents, but it's like, uh, no. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a, I'll stick with Morrow and then maybe let's see what guys that like Nikhil Harry and like Blackwell can can break. And, and and maybe you make it expendable enough where if they don't if they don't perform, you just cut them in camp. <laughs> Whereas yeah, they, or they we can't they can be camp bodies and then again if they're not up to par, get them out. Sure. I would say uh, the defensive lineman Justin Jones. Uh, you know he he was the replacement for Larry Ogunjobi, and so he was signed within 24 hours after the Ogunjobi. Uh, mishap and so he hasn't played at a level that you'd like to see out of uh, that position but he has played well and he probably can play better if he had a true pass rushing person on a, a true a true blue pass rusher on the defensive line to help take pressure off and to help him create some space to to rush and his other value is that he has played all four positions along the defensive line. That's one of the reasons why the Bears brought him in is because of his versatility. And so while I wouldn't expect him to be a starter next season, I think he would be heavy into the rotation and be a valuable member of that. Outside of Justin Jones, I can't think about any any other free agent that he signed. You you mentioned the ones already uh, on offense. Uh, boy, uh, maybe uh, the Darrington Evans bring him back as a uh, as a guy you know a camp body and tell him, hey, you want to win a job? We're gonna give you some snaps. And so yeah. that's about it, I think. Yeah, uh, comment in the in the chat. Daryl D says this may sound crazy to you, John, but I really like Harry. Hey, man, I'm not going to hold that against it. If you like the guy, you like the guy. I mean, he <laughs> was a first round pick. He's got the size. He's got the he's got the the measurables. Uh, didn't obviously work out in New England and uh, was banged up a lot in Chicago. If you like him, you like him. I, I I'm not gonna I, I don't scrutinize anyone for their especially me who's wrong about everything. I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong. If I tell you he sucks, he'll probably be in the Hall of Fame in four years. So just I, I that that's fine. But uh, yeah, I, on the offense, you're right. It's hard for me to think if you want to bring Harry back as like a hey, we're gonna give you a shot. You got a full off season to to train with the Bears, to learn the system better, to really nail down and work out with the guys. And if he comes in, he's you know he plays like like his hair's on fire. That's great. Then all of a sudden you got a really solid guy on the receiving core. Um, once again, um, the already you got four guys under contract. So how many wide receivers are you going to carry? Especially if you're going to bring in one guy in the top, that means you got five guys. 
and then maybe one more underneath to fill out that depth chart, unless you're going to move Bayless Jones to the uh, the practice squad uh, in, in his second year, which is maybe not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, if, if he's struggling in camp and he's not the return guy and, you know, he can't, he's not a great special teamers, then maybe that, maybe he does move to the, to the, to the practice squad. If they bring in real depth, that's outplaying him. Would you guys be okay with that? Frankly, I think that he has played very well his last two, what, three games. And I think he's starting to redeem himself. Uh, he's had some excellent kick uh, returns. I think in the the game against the Packers, I had him down as uh, my offensive player and special teams player of the game. Uh, I thought he played that well. So it's, I think it's just a matter of him getting over those early season nerves, you know. and. Yeah, and he was hurt. He really missed most of camp. So got to keep our fingers crossed that these guys, you know, guys who really, really would benefit from a camp uh, can stay healthy throughout it and into the season. And he's one of those guys that really needed every snap and didn't uh, wasn't able to get that many. And, of course, the nerves and fielding punts and kickoffs at Soldier Field is never easy. I know they're, they all weren't at Soldier Field. But I thought he had some good play, so I'm, I'm hopeful for him to be a contributor. I don't think he's ever going to be a superstar in this league or, or, or a star, but he could be a, a, a mighty contributor. Would you be all right with that? What do you think about Bayless Jones moving forward? Yeah, no, like all those, I've been impressed with uh, with what he's done over the last few weeks, especially because, I mean, we came on the show and basically said, you know, we think that he's done, right? Yeah. And then he's really kind of proven us wrong. He's starting to take those steps toward uh, – toward redeeming himself. And I think that an off season uh, of learning this offense and it will really do him some good. And, you know, it's been really fun to see what he can do. He, because he was brought in to kind of be like a playmaker at times. I, I mean, I don't think he was brought in to be like that number one receiver. I mean, we've seen that, but I mean, like when you see like when he, when he, you know, rocks off, that was a 63 yard kickoff return. You see like some of the things they were doing on offense. You want to see him more involved in offense, but I'm encouraged with what I've seen so far. And I'm not to the point where I think that he would be on the practice squad or be a part of the cut. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do um, after this off season, but been very impressed with him over the last few weeks. Way to prove us wrong, Bayless. We're, I, was gonna say, I guess it, we just have to say bad things and good things will happen as a result. Listen, this is the Buffon curse. If I say something good about you, you're going to play terribly. Now, if I say, I think you might be a bust, they're going to get your yellow jacket ready because you're going to Canton. So that's, that's essentially how this works. We, it's it's almost like clockwork. It was literally the week after we talked about Bayless Jones being a big bust. He shows some flashes. So we'll see, we'll see what the future holds uh, for Bayless Jones. I, I want to stay with the organization, but kind of go above the field a little bit because there's been talks about the the successor to uh, Ted Phillips as, t- as team president for the Chicago Bears. And one of, I guess, the the favorite or the, you know, the leader in the clubhouse right now would be Big Ten commissioner uh, Kevin Warren. And for some reason, there was a there's a lot of like strong feelings about this whenever that whenever that came out and I'm, I'm thinking to myself i i don't have a strong opinion on this because i don't know i mean i know i know about you know kevin warren but i i not enough where i was just gonna be like oh this is the worst thing the bears could have ever done it's gonna they're never gonna win a super bowl i mean first of all my opinion is all we've done for the last three four five years is talk about get the president out of football decisions and i think by hiring this GM and having him report directly to the owner and having an assistant GM, I don't think there is a real opportunity for the president to meddle, especially the new guy. I don't think so. At least 
what maybe I'm blindly optimistic about that. But I, I do know that they need someone to oversee the move to Arlington Heights and and Warren oversaw the the, the building of uh, Minnesota Stadium, from what I understand. He was a big he was a big part in that. He secured one of the most lucrative TV deals for the Big Ten ever. So as a president, you're there to make the money. I know the Bears fan base, your your number one objective is not, oh, I hope the Bears are making money. Because that's not that's not what we care about. But as far as a guy that could be a good president, I don't see any glaring problems, but once again, I haven't done much homework on it because I don't want the president meddling on what's going on in the field, and I don't think he will. Does anyone have any uh, opinions on what could happen there? Yeah, I have strong opinions about this. I really like this guy. Um, I saw a HBO Real Sports feature on him done by Brian Gumble, and they uh, shared his life story. And then I uh, looked up some more videos on him during Black History Month. This guy has an incredible backstory, uh, and uh, the fact that he suffered a, a, an accident when he was a kid riding his bike where he could not walk at all, and his uh, doctor told him, you know, you really need to spend time in the pool to see if you can strengthen your legs, and so his father built a swimming pool for him in the backyard, and uh, that's where he was able to diligently work at getting strength back on his legs, went out to play uh, collegiate sports. Uh, has had been an executive in, in many different places, Built the, helped build the stadium up in uh, uh, Minneapolis, which is a state-of-the-art facility, which I bet Bears want to copy. Mm -hmm. uh, his executive decisions, you know, you can blame him for the Big Ten's uh, uh, fiasco, if you want to use that word, during the pandemic when they probably called the season too early. But, uh, you know, I, the buck stops with him. But, you know, in situations like that, when you're taking the advice of of doctors and specialists who know more about that than you, you know, uh, I don't blame him too much for that. Although that, I, in my mind, is probably a, the biggest black eye of his career. So uh, other than that, I mean, this guy, I think, is, is perfectly uh, capable of doing what the Bears president job needs to do, which is all this administrative money stuff. And uh, he, he knows just enough about football to probably ask really good questions of his general manager and other administrative people. And, and, and that's okay. And if he sees, you know, and let's let's face it, we've already got a general manager and an assistant general manager. Mm -hmm. That basically is your president that people have been asking for and your general manager. You've got mm -hmm. this two-headed think tank at Hallis Hall, which is something I, I don't recall there ever being. So that's a good thing. And so maybe a guy who has had some history of, uh, of running a sound operation from the economics to the day-to-day -day, uh, uh, planning of, of, of stuff, maybe he's the right candidate. I was educated in real time there. I appreciate that, Aldo. That's, yeah. that's I, I learned a lot about that. So I, I, Did I, I was I was as much as a listener and viewer as anyone else in the chat room was in that one. So I, I can appreciate Thanks. that. Uh, Lisa, uh, how would you like to follow that up? Um, um, I'm like how, I'm sitting here. How do I follow that up? Um, I mean, I guess I'll just say. I mean, I I think it would be a good move to bring Warren in. I mean, I feel like he's Ted Phillips if Ted Phillips knew even a lick of fo about football. So I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Also, it's hard to kind of get worse. So here we go. And, and, and yeah, look at, I mean, 
the like you said the uh, the twenty twenty season aside, he was able to like I said secure a huge lucrative deal uh, for for the Big Ten. He was able in, to entice UCLA and USC to say, "Hey, we want to be part of the Big Ten. We want to get out of the Pac twelve. We're going to the Big Ten. And I think a lot of people are, are aspiring to go into the Big Ten. So uh, we'll see uh, how that plays out. Well, once again. I don't think it's going to have a huge effect on the product on the field because just of how it's structured. Like Aldo, you said, we talked about, you know, the, you know, the president of football operations last year and all this other stuff. Well, I think that's what the, like you said, the assistant GM and the GM is made to be for now. I think that is kind of what the, uh, the structure is. So I, I felt like that was something newsworthy that we could talk about just because that we don't know when Phillips is actually going to retire. I don't think they actually put a, a deadline on that well, we know after the season it's february is. yeah i think it, so, i think one of the reports said february so so we're not sure when they would actually name this yeah. uh, the successor or what the interview process is like or what it is right now uh but at least it's uh, you know it's 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 one of those storylines where it's just like nothing's going on with the team they're not winning you know what let's get into a big debate about who the president should be <laughs> so we'll see. uh we'll, we'll see how that plays out uh Let's talk about, you know, we, we always talk about, you know, Bears specific stuff on here. So let's talk about football because, you know, there is meaningful football outside of Chicago being played. What? Oh, I know. It's, <laughs> weird. it's weird to see. Oh, I, I need I was, to watch this immediately. You know, during the during the bye week or whenever, you know, during the, the four o'clock games or in the East Coast or three o'clock games in, in Chicago, there there's like, wow, these teams have stuff to play for. Like there's there's like things on the line here so uh going into to week 18 who do you think is a is a sleeper uh because right now the, the Steelers are hanging on by a thread uh the Packers are you know win and you're in the, the the Lions are you know if they get in they could be dangerous the Seahawks they're they need they need help as well uh the, the Seahawks need the Lions to win and then for them to win the Lions need more help than that so who's a sleeper out of either conference I guess that you could look at and say if they get in they could be trouble Hmm, that's a tough one, man. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And y'all don't want to say. It's going to be the Packers because I'm going to say the same it, thing. It's going to be the Packers. Yeah. But again, but again, I, I find solace that knowing that the 49ers are there to, you know, our annual tradition of knocking yeah. them out. Yeah. But see, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. That happens. But I mean, like when you're thinking of that, I mean, obviously I'd love for the Lions to get in over them. But I mean, it just feels like it's inevitable with Aaron Rodgers, which just sucks. But man, I mean, I don't want to say it, but I feel like the Packers are a team that could be dangerous. It feels like after a really rough start that they're peaking at the right time. And I don't like it. I don't like it either. (laughs) I don't like it. I, um, you know, I was just looking over the standings and, and first of all, it's weird because I really don't pay that much attention to the rest of the league because I'm so focused on the Bears. And so I'm looking through the standings. Oh, wow, poor they're guy. in second place? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, poor guy. Um, <laughs> you know, first of all, man, what happened Monday night football with with, uh, with that young wide receiver is just uh, so tragic and so sad and so, so bizarre. So many hits in the National Football League uh, in that chest area and something like this has never happened before that it's triggered this cardiac arrest. It is such a strange thing, but getting back to answering your question, I guess I have to agree with the Packers. I mean, but I really don't, I think if the Packers back in, I don't really think they're going to do anything other than one game and out. I don't think they're really that good of a team. I think of the teams that are 
headed towards the playoffs and, and might really have a chance to surprise could be the Chargers. Um, you know, I like that head coach. I think he's had a lot of growing pains. He's relies a little bit too much on analytics and so forth. But it looks like there are members of the defense starting to get healthy again. Uh, Justin Herbert has had some big games recently. And so if I had to t- pick a team, you know, to lay a dollar on as a, as a uh, you know, a long shot to win the Super Bowl, I'll put it on the Chargers. And that's, I mean, that's, that's a good pick. Uh, Brennan Staley, obviously the Bears fans know a lot about him. And uh, I like uh, just to, to follow up on some of the sleepers and follow up on your thought though, Otto, I, I I'm jumping all over the place, but it's because I wanted to make sure that we did address that, that, uh, that, that DeMar Hamlin situation was absolutely heartbreaking. I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was just, I, I'm glad that they postponed the game. I don't think anyone was in any right frame of mind to continue that game. I was, I wasn't even in the right frame of mind watching it. And I think a lot of people shared that and uh, kudos to the people who were in the studio and on the broadcast. I think they handled it as well as it could potentially be handled in that kind of a situation uh just just an awful 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 situation and 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 prayers to to tomorrow to demar hamlin and his family but talking about the the playoffs and how who's who's it potentially be a sleeper how about i, I last said jacksonville and that kind of that kind of skipped my mind a little bit they win and they're in and all of a sudden you got you got doug peterson and trevor lawrence playing with a, some skilled players there travis Etienne is a is a game breaker home run hitter i think that's a that's a really interesting idea there because if they win they're going to host a game because they're going to win the south and so not not to say that you know oh no one wants to go to jacksonville no, no one's ever said that uh, other than <laughs> no, no one wants to travel there <laughs> uh, but uh, oh, I, I, I I don't think that uh, I don't think it's a huge home field advantage, but at least they'll be at home. I think that's a very interesting pick. Uh, I think that that that's a that that's that that, that they, they're actually the Saturday game. There's two Saturday games, and they're the they're, them and the Titans are one of them. So we'll see. That's an that's an interesting sleeper pick. So mm-hmm. uh, it's in, it's fun just to see how the playoffs work out. Uh, it's 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 fun to see what the scenarios are. I've been I've been following the Steelers because they were they they've won like seven of their last nine or whatever, and they have a real they have an outside chance to win uh, or an outside chance to get in. I I, I would love it, as much as it's going to pain me to say. I think it would just be interesting to see the Lions in the in the playoffs. Uh, it, it's hard. It's really hard to hate them. Uh, I'll be honest. It's just it's hard to hate the Lions. And uh, so, but I think that they they have like what a three percent chance to get in. So it's like they they have to win, and then Seattle has to lose to, to get in. So we'll see if that that uh, Sunday night game actually means anything. Not that I'll be rooting for them i just think i like to see parody i like to see the world burn when it comes to some of these scenarios and i want to see new teams in there i want to see new blood in there i just want to see i want to see a different uniform on a wild card weekend i want to see a different i want to see different uniforms in in the divisional round uh and if and if the bears aren't in there then i i just root for chaos (laughs) that's basically what i root for that's like last year when cincy made it i was i was loving it like cincinnati in the super bowl let's go that's that's different I want to mm-hmm. see that. Uh, so I, I once once everything once we get down to the last week, I kind of just root for chaos. I want to I want to see the the weirdest thing happen. I want to see the the uh, what is it the something of victory and the the some what is the come on some the victory is something of defeat the agony uh, of defeat agony <laughs> yeah and uh, the thrill of victory thrill of victory and the agony of defeat <laughs> uh, was that what, what was that from Aldo that's got to be a uh, wide world of sports yeah definitely right. my time <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> so uh, you know before we get out of here we were going to wrap things up here but I, I do want to go around and ask both of you what 
will be your lasting thought of this season? How will you remember the 2022 season? Uh, I'll start and give you some time to think about it. The way that I'm going to remember it is I hope that I don't remember it. (laughs) Or I remember it as that was the stepping stone. That was the year that, that, that we had to get through and we had to we had to absorb 2022 to get to where we are hopefully in 2023, 24, and 25. So uh, I remember this is a lot of growing pains, a lot of you know scrappy close games, but knowing the Bears weren't probably going to go anywhere, understanding the deficiencies in this team, um, and hopefully seeing the evolution and the uh, the arrival of Justin Fields as one of the best playmakers in the NFL, where he can continue to take that next step next year. Uh, that's how I remember. I also remember being very wrong about this team because I didn't expect them to uh, be the second to worst te- uh, team in the league. I also sure as heck didn't expect them to be the worst team in the league. So I remember I, the only thing that I may remember is how bitterly wrong I was. I didn't expect them to, you know, win the Super Bowl or anything, but I certainly did not see them in this uh in this situation. But that's how I'll kind of remember it is a lot of things to forget, but you probably won't. Uh Alyssa, how about you? Um I think I'm gonna remember this season being more exciting than it should have been when you win three games and go on a nine looking at a 10 game losing streak. And that's because of Justin Fields, obviously. So, I mean, it's, it's been a very weird feeling to, to not just feel like, you know, like a lot of these other teams, like Texans fans are feeling, you know, right now Mm -hmm. uh, with where they are at. It's, It's very weird. So I think I'll remember that. And like you said, hopefully it is a stepping stone. I will remember how this team really fought uh, and the effort that they had despite, you know, the losing streak and despite losing a lot of their big players to injury and just being counted out time and time again. And just they never stopped fighting until that Lions game, obviously. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I've been very impressed by that. But, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just I'm surprised I'm not more upset <laughs> by the yeah. way this has gone. And it's because of Justin Fields. Like, it's it's way it's exciting considering they won three games. So yeah, that's, I think, but like you said, hopefully we don't remember this season much mm-hmm. and hopefully we're, we're talking about a Super Bowl. Uh, we got to put that out in the universe there. So playoff game will be fine. I'll take a playoff game. <laughs> I'll take a too. playoff win. I, I'm going to remember it uh, as a very unpleasant season. You know, I, I wanted this to happen. I wanted them to tear everything down, but even, uh, you know, and there were times during the season where I was okay with the loss, but by, by now, after, you know, such a long season, it's 17 weeks of football that we've had. The next one will be 18 and so much losing that it, it has grown, grown into a really bitter taste in my mouth. The way, I hope to remember it is maybe two or three years from now and say, boy, I remember that season. That was when we laid the foundation because we got rid of all those contracts. We got rid of aging players. We tore it all down and, and put the framework up to build a brand new home, a nice sturdy home for continuous success. That's how I hope to remember it by, but we, and we've expressed, you know, what the concerns are with Ryan Poles and whether they can do this and that, and that they have so much to do. So uh, I'm not hopeful that that great stuff is going to happen because I've been a Bears fan for so long, but I'm hoping. Does that make sense? (laughs) You're hoping, but not hopeful. There you go. (laughs) Story of all of our lives. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Put it on a (laughs) t-shirt. That needs to be the open. Hoping, (laughs) hoping, not hopeful. (laughs) That is good. (laughs) 
Well, I'd buy uh, that shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd wear it on our first show next year. So uh, as we wrap up this uh, regular season finale, I just want to say thank you to everyone for being along this ride. This was not the easiest ride this year, uh, especially, you know, given the record and the team, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about other than they kept losing. Uh, but it's been super fun. I love doing the show with Alyssa and Aldo. We've been doing this show for six years. And I, like I always say, it's incredible to me that people are still listening to it. They're still tuning in. They're still interacting in the chat room. And if you guys weren't in here or listening or downloading the show, there'd be no reason for me to do it. I do it just because I know that uh, people show up and they talk and we have a great community here. Uh, at the bar room so thank you so so much well we, we will be doing some uh, obviously some off-season specials of Buffon 55 as free agency and the draft and you know all this other stuff goes along we will be doing special episodes to kind of give our take on some of the things going on with the Bears and there will be a lot of activity going on with the Chicago Bears after the regular season wraps up so uh, stay tuned for all of those announcements of some of these special episodes that we'll be putting together but um, this has been a really really fun season thank you so much to everyone that listened whether it was your first time or 55th time uh whether you've been listening for six years one year one day one hour one minute or if you just somehow stumbled upon this on youtube you're like what the hell is this thank you so much for tuning in although thank you so much for all the graphics all the behind the scenes stuff all of the you know all of the help with all of this stuff that i just got to turn my computer on and here we are Alyssa. thank you so much for being an awesome producer uh, Excellent co-host, always having information on stuff that I don't know because you're you're grinding out information and grinding out articles every five seconds. I think since this show started, you put out nine articles. So I I just want to thank you <laughs> so much for all this. And then once again, thank you to everyone in the bar room who, uh, who has been listening. So it's 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 always a thrill, and I can't thank you enough because it really means a lot to me. The fact that I can do a show uh, that's called Buffone 55 and I can honor my uncle every time that we turn on the microphones means a ton to me. Uh, and the fact that you're listening to it, I can't put it into words. So thank you so much. So This uh, defense sucks. You did it. You did it. My favorite drop. One more time. I forgot about time. that. Well, this defense sucks. You're right, it does. You got to play that like five more times just to get across from last week. Yeah, oh my How about it? That's, that's the, this defense sucks. Can't this think sucks. of a better way. Uh, that 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 actually makes my heart so full. So thank you, so, thank you so much for doing that. And uh, once again, thank you for it to everybody. That'll do it for this edition of Buffone Fifty Five. We're off for the, what is the, with the regular season finale is coming up. Enjoy the game in any way that you want to enjoy it, whether you're rooting for them to win, lose, or whatever it is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next time on Buffon 55. Bye-bye.